This is DWZ Podcast here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So welcome back, listeners. Uh, right now it's Wednesday, February 22nd, which is already 2.40 p.m. here in California. Uh, this is the first time I actually had to do a podcast during the day, but the reason is this. The freaking weather caused me not to do my errands in the middle of the damn day. So I decided, what the hell, let's just do this right now. <laughs> but we got some interesting content to talk about. Now, the first one I want to talk about is, of course, uh, the much recent match that took place at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley uh, in San Jose, the IWGP Women's Championship match between Mercedes Monet and Kyrie. Now, this match, I have to say, there were people that were doubting this match because after what happened in Wrestle Kingdom, let's go back to that for a little bit. That match was really, really short, like maybe five minutes, but there was an understanding why. You got to keep in mind, this is a Wrestle Kingdom is a big event, and I think the idea what they were trying to do was to establish Mercedes Monet, you know, since she made her move to Japan uh, to appear at New Japan uh, and of course stardom and all that, because Bushiroad is the one giving paying her all the big bucks on this one. But people thought this match was not going to be that good because of it. However, that wasn't the case. This match was unbelievably good. But what I did like is how Mercedes Monet come out dressing up like Hana Kimura. Now, some of you may ask, does Sasha Banks know her? I don't think she knows her personally, but I think she knows of her. Now, those who are new to the to the podcast, and you should know right about now the whole story about Hana Kimura. Uh, she was this 22-year-old Japanese female wrestler who took her own life due by some motherfucking cyberbullying. These bastards that had a problem with her for uh, like a Big Brother type show. But there are many people that talk about Hanuk more about her life as a wrestler. What an incredible person. And Julia had tried to emulate her, you know, using one of her moves. Try to act like she thinks she's a presenter. But I think many of us feel Mercedes Monet does it better. And the person who praises her, there were plenty of wrestlers who praised her. And one in particular was Jungle Kiona, who was... Hana's closest friend inside and outside the ring and she felt that you know Hana was looking down on this match uh, but according to Jungle Kiona Merce- um, Kiona said that uh, Hana used to admire uh, Sasha Banks who is now Mercedes Monet and, uh, and it, it felt like you know I think a full circle like I think maybe in some degree I feel Mercedes Monet can be a true representation to keep the memory of Hana Kimura alive. And I think that's going to be a good thing. And I've said this to many people. I wouldn't be surprised, as you know, we're in February and we're like only like three months away till May until the, uh, till the anniversary of the passing of Hana Kimura. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyoko Kimura decides to put another tribute show and Mercedes Monet participate, that would be a motherfucking killer killer right there. That's going to be great. And I would be surprised if Mercedes dressed up like her. But people say, do you think Julia will be pissed? Because she tried to emulate her. 
I feel like this is going to be a battle over that one day, but we just don't know because Julia is trying to establish herself as the number one women's wrestler right now, but right now at the moment, it's Mercedes. But this match was great. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting. They even took this damn match all the way outside the ring. They used tables and whatnot, you know, to beat the crap out of each other. But what I did like about this, there was some Lucha Libre-style techniques that Mercedes used. If you guys have been aware of this, she was training in Mexico. I know she has trained in Japan as well. So she took a lot of training. And many of us thinking would say this to WWE. Fuck you, WWE. You guys didn't want her to represent the women's division to be the leader. Well, guess what? She'll be the leader of women's wrestling all over the world on her own goddamn time. That's how we would see it. Now, if WWE doesn't want to see it that way, that's fine. That's Vince's fault and whoever these Oscar Mayer wieners who didn't see it that way. Because right now they're under the impression saying, oh, she's going to one day realize that she's going to go back to WWE. We don't know that. Look, you guys said the same shit with Moxley, Jericho, and who else? You all thought, oh, they're coming back. No, it did not. Look, Mercedes never had the opportunity to go to Japan, but now she does. And that's the whole thing. But the match, wow. I have to say it was a banger. I love it. it but uh, one thing it was great is Mercedes Monet pulled off her move known as the moneymaker. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird name because we're seeing the playmaker, you know? The rainmaker, the rain the rainmaker by Okada. And that allowed her to win the match and become our very own for, of a new IWGP Women's Champion. And, of course, right at the end of the show, um, when Okada beat uh, Tanahashi, Mercedes Monet comes out, tells her that they are they have both have some things in common. Like, of course, Okada likes to make things rain, and she likes to make money. So I think we could see a potential team-up between those two because, as you know, we did have the historic crossover, which, of course... We could see another one down the line. And I think that could be an instant hit to see Okada and Mercedes team up. I mean, we just saw several team-ups in the last one. You know, like, for example, we saw uh, Sudi teaming up with Tom Lawler. Julia teaming up with Zack Sabre Jr. Micah with uh, Hida, Hiroki Goto. Uh, Tanahashi with Tami Ishida. Well, we thought that Mayu Otani would team up with him. But that didn't happen, of course. And that infamous thing with... Uh, Taichi and Kanemaru with Natsupoi and Tam Nakano. And then, of course, Despi with uh, Starlight Kid, uh, Mo uh, Momo Wananabe, and uh, Doiki. So anything is a possibility. So I would love to see it. Now, the obvious question did remain, who will be the next challenger? Who will step up against Utam I mean, against Mercedes Monet? Well... Recently, there was a video that was di displayed where um, Sudi, who, as you know, uh, lost the red belt uh, back on Dreamers Queendom on uh, late December, has now made the decision to say she's going to aim for the IWGP Women's Championship. And I think that's a good thing because it shows us. But I feel it also, oh, Mayu probably could be a potential. I mean, uh, even Tam, I know she would definitely uh, tame that belt, but I know right now Tam should focus trying to get the red belt, a belt that she hasn't obtained yet. But there was one that recently issued the challenge, and this happened during a Stardom press conference recently the other day. Uh, 
Azumi actually issued the challenge. And it was surprising me. Now, you probably ask yourselves, why would she challenge? Well, apparently, uh, during the press conference at Wrestle Kingdom, during a post-match uh, comments with Mercedes Monet after at the Wrestle Kingdom, uh, she called Azumi. Well, she called her AZM, but it's Azumi. And it, if I was, if if Azumi got in her face, she would say, "Bitch, it's Azumi, not AZM." That sort of thing. So I think that we could see that. And the one thing I would hate to see, if, as you know, Azumi is twenty years old. She 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 has a problem. She likes to call. Um, older women who not that old, but more of like they're in their thirties, shitty old hags. And I hate to see if Uzumi is has the balls. They say that in her face because one thing I know, she's not gonna let that happen. I mean, we just saw recently like this where Rena likes to call the older women old old hags, but she was the one who got called an old hag by by uh, Diana's very own Miran. <laughs> But I don't know. Uh, it still hasn't decided yet because at the moment, Azumi um, has a match coming up on the 4th of, of March against Starlight Kid for the high-speed title. Now, if I was a betting person, who, when could this match between Azumi and Mercedes Monet could take place? I can think of one in particular that could happen, and that's going to take place in April. And I think that is the, the Grand Queensdom. And I think that is the perfect stepping tool for that. I feel that's going to be the moment where we're going to see, of course, that could happen. So we're just got to wait and see after. Hopefully, by the time we fit, by the time we get to after uh, March fourth for the Triangle Derby Finals, that could be announced. So we'll see about that. I wouldn't be surprised that if Mercedes Monet shows up on March fourth at the Triangle Derby after. Uh, Azumi either wins her match or loses it, then it could happen. But we'll see. Now, since I did say it is Wednesday, and we're in fact on Wednesday, February 22nd, yesterday, which was February 21st in Japan, we're going to talk about two matches that took place in Pro Wrestling NOAH at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, for the It was the Keiji uh, Mudo's um, grand, fi uh, grand finale, uh, pro wrestling last love. I have to say, what a great show! But the two matches we're definitely going to be talking about is the infamous Kato Kiyomiya, who is our current GHC heavyweight champion with Pro Wrestling Noah, and New Japan's uh, top champion, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kaguchika Okada. Now. Those who are not familiarized with the story with these guys, and if you're new to the podcast, then let me recap for you. Almost two or three years ago, um, Kato Mia wanted to have a match against Okada. Now, because of the pandemic, it never happened. It, it could have happened, but it didn't because it kind of put everything on hold. Now, when the but the last time Kato Mia and, and Okada kind of crossed paths was last year at Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama when we had the the matches between New Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah. Kiyomiya teamed up with Keiji Muto to take on Okada and Tanahashi, which, of course, Tanahashi and Okada won. 
However, Okada decided to ignore um, Kiyomiya. He doesn't want nothing to do with them. In this past, uh, on the on the last Wrestle Kingdom show in Yokohama, there was a moment where, of course, we saw Okada had um, uh, Yoshiki Inamori in a submission move. Kiyomiya, in the other hand, tried to free him, but trying to have him acknowledge him, but he was ignoring him, and then Kiyomiya did the stupidest thing ever. He kicked him right in between the eyes where he was bleeding, and it became a shoot fight. Like, referee was so fucking dumb. He could have just stopped this because it was out of hand. And, of course, Okada didn't want nothing to do with Kiyomiya. It's like, he looks at him like, you're not even worth it, kid. You're not even in my level. But Kiyomiya felt, I'm not going to be denied. You're going to give me what I want. And then he called him that he's a coward. I don't think Okada's a coward. I just feels like, kid, you're not even in my level. And I think that's the problem that it's telling us. Like, we know how Okada, he is that good at what he can do in the ring. I mean, the dude was under, had uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for 700-plus days. How can Kiyomiya step up to a guy who had that reign? I don't know. But he, here's what happened after that shoot thing that took place. Nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen. So they were going back and forth, and then it was decided by both New Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah, okay, look, let's put them in a match. When this was announced, Okada's like saying, no one told me anything. No, they basically fed me to the wolves. So he said he wasn't going to do it. Kiyomiya felt once again being ignored. And the more and more this was coming up, the more it was like Okada had enough. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to show up in Pro Wrestling Noah, and I'm going to kick Kiyomiya's ass. And then he told him, I'm going to do it. Only to shut the everybody else up because people were calling Okada that he was a coward, that he's afraid of Kiyomiya. He's not afraid of him. I think he's trying to sell him, Kiyomiya, you're a good wrestler, but you're not in my league. And that's what happened. But here's what happened. At the last minute before their match, before the day of the, of the, of the event, it was supposed to be a 20-minute time limit match but it was changed to a no time limit which was interesting now you probably can guess this match it could have gone longer but no it's like Okada's like telling Kiyomiya you're not in my league kid so he did put him away with the Rainmaker and that's exactly what happened it ended Kiyomiya cannot believe it that he lasted 20 minutes with the guy. And, and I feel like the story is saying is this. Kiyomiya, you're not in my league. You don't deserve to be in a match against me. So stop trying to pretend that I'm going to be your stepping stool for something you cannot win. Look, Kiyomiya was like on a, on a streak where he lost many times. He's trying to get to the top. He tries and tries. Okada doesn't need to try. He fights for it. But I think that's a really good story to tell. So, But they did ask Okada, would you do a rematch against him? And his response, no. I'm sure Kiyomiya is not going to like that. But however, Kiyomiya is, has another problem in his life. As you know, I mentioned he is the current GHC heavyweight champion with Pro Wrestling Noah. It appears the new star that just made his way to Pro Wrestling Noah 
Jake Lee from All Japan has issued a challenge for the belt. So if I was Kiyomiya, stay on your A game right now because if you're going to cry and bitch about losing to Okada, this is not the right time because you just got challenged by some guy who came from another company. But if Kiyomiya is that stubborn, he's going to lose the title. So, And I'm sure the one person who's going to laugh at him would be Keno from Congo. Now, our main event after this one, we have Tetsuya Naito versus Keiji Muto. Boy, that was a freaking match. I like it. I enjoyed it. I mean, Keiji Muto, he was an amazing wrestler. But also, we like to say because of this, this was the end of the era. It closes this chapter once and for all. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm referring to, I'll explain it. Keiji Muto is the last of an era that seems like it was ready to close. And that was the Oa era. An era that felt that it had to be shut down now. And Keiji Muto was part of that. And I don't know. But Naito, he, he used to watch Keiji Muto. And he, you know, the one thing that Naito wanted was the headline Tokyo Dome. But he never got that with New Japan. But somehow, faith has arise from for this one for Pro Wrestling Noah. Now, some people would say, could Pro Wrestling Noah eat New Japan's words, eat the talent? No. They want to see this match. They're all about, look, fuck the spirit of competition. We want to see the match. You know? That's what it was. And I think, I have to say, it was a pretty good retirement match for Mudo. But you can tell after the match, when after uh, Naito applied Destino, he pinned him, and then he started crying. I think it's more like it's the... It kind of reminds me with Shawn Michaels, if you remember... And during the WrestleMania event, Shawn Michaels was the one that beat Ric Flair and put him on retirement. And you can tell that Michaels didn't want to take the shot, but he did it. He tells him, I love you. And that kind of puts it in a terms like, did Michaels really wanted that? No, but he did it anyway. And I think it tells us a lot about the storyline with this. But KG Muto will be remembered as... A very interesting wrestler, a genius for what he did. And, man, we're going to miss him. So, let's move on to the next content. This was a very interesting thing. Now, if you guys who follow me on my YouTube channel, The Leader Wrestle Zone, I have this thing called the Unagi Sayaka Watch where I keep updates on Unagi Sayaka since she went freelancing with, from stardom. Recently, this past weekend... Unagi went to All Japan Pro Wrestling. When I heard this, I'm like, what? You're kidding me. But I knew why she was there. Now, those who don't know, I'll explain. Recently on Twitter, Unagi has been going back and forth, back and forth in a, a argument feud with All Japan Pro Wrestling star Suwama. Now, I don't know much about what they're trying to say. I feel like much of it is a little bit of gibberish. Uh, Unagi just showed up at the venue at Corkin Hall, and she tells the guy in the desk saying, I'm Unagi Sayaka, she gets a press badge, this and that. I'm just, wow, I can't believe it. So they put her in the press box, 
People were like going crazy about this. But one thing that was clear is when Suwama showed up, saw her, got in her face, tried to get in her face, they were going back and forth, and Suwama went backstage, and right behind goes Unagi. Now, when they confront each other during the back, Unagi tells her, tells him that I'm here to assess you, you know, and he responds, "You're an so you're an accessor, huh? So you're gonna give me a high price for that?" And she tells him, "Look, I, the first promotion I ever liked was All Japan Pro Wrestling. I saw your debut match. You're so, you're so instant." And this is what he tells her. You know, I can't forgive you. I will tell um, Ozaki and Yuhiki for your misdeeds. Go to hell. So, <laughs> basically, it's like he did not like what's going on. However, the moment she Suwama left, she saw something that caught her attention. And that is, if you guys remember this guy, he was in WWE for a while, uh, Yoshitatsu. She tells him, you dress like me. He And Yoshitatsu responds, I had my eye on you. We're a lot alike. Now, what does that tell me in the, in the perspective as a fan? Well, there is the possibility we could see another intergender tag match. Now, All Japan just had one uh, last December uh, where Suwama teamed up with Ma Mayumi Ozaki and Mayuhiki, known as Ozaki Goon, which they are like the heel group in Oz Academy. Uh... They teamed up to face against Shuji Ishikawa and Team 200 Kilograms, the consistent of Hashimoto and you. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Suwama team up with either Yuhiki or Ozaki. And of course, Unagi teams up with Yoshitatsu. That would be an interesting thing to see. Because as you know, there has been talk about women's wrestling and showing up in promotions like New Japan, um, Pro Wrestling Noah in All Japan. Now, I will talk about something like that related about women's in All Japan a little later. So, that's what I can tell. Now, this past weekend, our next content we're going to talk about, GCW just had their recent pay-per-view called Middle of the Night. Uh, we just There was a match that was announced, and that was Leo Rush versus Commander. But something interesting happened. There was this person that comes out um don't know who it was uh unmasked themselves i'm like who is this person i never seen her before and then uh the ring announcer um amal j he tells her ladies and gentlemen being company by jenna frank the daughter of the late jason david frank the original green ranger jenna frank now if you guys are big power ranger fans you know who jason david frank is he was the original Green Ranger in Power Rangers, and that kind of um, sets the whole thing for all of you. Now, you probably ask yourselves at the moment, what is Jenna Frank doing in, in a wrestling event? Well, I, I wish I knew, but there have been, um, in uh, in the past, in uh, cases where we saw um, uh, Jason Day Frank attended some wrestling shows in Texas where he was living at the time before he was passing of his passing and i don't know what jenna's role is but she did play out like some sort of an advisor to leo rush where he did some karate move i asked myself this obvious thing is jenna really wanted to be a wrestler or something i don't know because i know people are 
many Jason David Frank fans are mad with Jenna's mom, Tammy, for what transpired before he passed. That sort of thing. And, and Jenna doesn't want to take the blame on anybody. It's like, look, guys, I understand how you feel, but this is not the time for that. And it's true, it's not. And I know she's hurt that her dad's gone. I don't blame her for that. But if she is going to be a pro wrestler or something, I don't know. We're just going to wait and see what's going to take place. But we'll go from there. Now, our next topic. This one's a very interesting one. This one's been going back and forth, and we're talking about Kota Ibushi. Now, as you know, er earlier this month, it was announced that Kota Ibushi is now officially a free agent. Now, we don't know what Kota Ibushi's plans are. Now, he did talk about starting his own wrestling school, but there was a moment, there was an inter, uh, some sort of t discussion between him and a group known as Dark Pure Russo Flosion. They talked about, he said that he has that he has talked with WWE about creating the next generation wrestlers in the Performance Center. Like, he wants to train wrestlers of a new generation. Now, keep in mind, WWE operates different. I don't know if that's a good idea, but if that's the case, I'm sure many WWE fans will like it. However, he even talked about this, about, okay, what if his deal with AEW, what if they offered him? He said that the kind of deal he would want is that he will only appear once, one week a month, so he can solidify his dojo. I feel that's a reasonable fare, because WWE are different. They just do things their way, which is, they feel like, more efficient as a, fa as, as a co company. So if, they, if Tony Khan really wants Kota Ibushi, I'd say, look, just give Kota Ibushi that deal. I mean, it, 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 will, it will be better because, look, we have often seen how WWE are with their, with their talent and all this. I just don't know. One thing that it, it, it makes me kind of, how do I say, not kind of cynic about it, but more like, who, uh, if WWE will allow Kota Ibushi to train the wrestlers his way, like create the next generation, that would be great. But keep in mind, he want they want them to be trained as wrestlers that were inbred by only like their system instead. That's the thing that kind of we often see. Like keep in mind, they train wrestlers that say they were born and bred. You have to act like them, be like them, train like them. That's how it is. But... That's what I think, but we'll, we'll talk more about it at some other point. Now, our next topic is, of course, to, in two relations. Now, if you guys remember last year, there was this organization called Nomads led by Yoshi wrestlers. Um, Mayu Yuhiki, Yuki Takase, Rina Yamashita, and Tsurumi Natsu. Now, Nomads is a freelance summit group where... It's all about the Yoshi wrestlers who are freelancers, the wrestlers who are not currently in a company, you know, such as, um, you know, Stardom, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, uh, Marvelous. These are wrestlers who are from various, that are uh, considered nomads, outcasts, wrestlers who are traveling, ma uh, ma making means ends. Uh, they had two successful shows last year. The last took place was some point last year, I just don't remember when. And I wasn't sure if they were going to do another one, and, and that kind of, like, just dropped. But one of the biggest things that took place after 
after the, the second event is when we saw Jungle Kiona showed up. It was a surprise. Now, keep in mind, Jungle Kiona had announced last year that she was leaving Stardom. Now, for all you Stardom fans out there, you're probably saying, why would she do that? Why did she decide to leave Stardom? Keep in mind, Jungle Kiona had surgery on t multiple injuries on her leg. And she felt that she burned bridges between her and the company itself. Keep in mind, she wants to come back healthy. And I'm sure the company were a little impatient with her to see her come back. And I get it. You know, you, you want to make money. You want to make sure your talent is. But I think Joan Kiona felt, look, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I want to be in a, in a schedule that is more flexible. And I, I, I can understand that. But. That was end of it. Now, Joe Keona, on the other hand, came to the States, had many great promotions uh, showing up, like, you know, Deadlock Pro Wrestling, Black Label Pro, Jersey Championship Wrestling. She even showed up on AEW Dark in a match against Riho. But this was announced when Nomads ma made the announcement that their Volume 3 has been announced for the 14th of April in Shinjuku Face. Uh, there was still no indication who participate. But Jungle Kiona has announced that she will participate in this event. I'm like, thank you. But however, this is where it gets a little interesting, but more like, okay, it's understandable. But please, people, understand this. These wrestlers are human beings of what's going on. In the process of what Jungle Kiona said, that she will participate, this will be her last show because she will be in an indefinite hiatus. Just to make it clear, indefinite hiatus, she is not retiring. Don't get it twisted, please, because if you guys think that's the case, that means you're an Oscar Mayer wiener, meaning you don't pay attention. What is going on is that Jungle Kiona, as you remember, she had two injuries on her left knee that require surgery. Apparently, I don't know if it's been bothering her or anything, but apparently she said that as soon as this match, the, her her participation with Nomads in April is over. She will be going to get surgery. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of insane. But she says she's not retiring. And it's like, good for her. She's showing people that I'm not retiring. I mean, she, I have to say, I I, I, I mean, Joan Kiona has made moves recently. If you guys remember, she was in Pro Wrestling Noah this year. And she said, why not build a GHC Women's Championship? I would like to see her win that belt if if it comes to life. Noah hasn't said anything about it, but I'm sure they're thinking about it because you're looking at All Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan. They're allowing women in their in their organizations do the same thing. But some of you may question about what about Tokyo Shi Pro. No, that's it, its own separate entity. It doesn't need to be involved. But there'll be more talk about that at some other time. But anyway... It's kind of interesting that she made this decision. However, uh, Mayu, Hiki, and the rest of Nomad say they're going to do a crowdfunding project, basically to help finance for her medical bills. And I think that's really cool because you have to look out for each other. Keep in mind, the Joan Kiona is a big-time name, and everybody knows it. I mean, Mayu, Hiki knows her reputation, and she had a match with her here in the States in Deadlock Pro Wrestling. And that's what's the purpose. Suri Minatsu had a match against her at Pro Wrestling Noah. And I think that sets it all because 
you you have to look out for each other no matter what. And I think they want her to continue on. I mean, it's like we're a family. We have to look out for each other, and that's what's important. And I and I like it. You know, I wish I could see nomads, but I mean, you have to pay for it for some other reason. But yeah. Now our final topic here is a very interesting one. I talked about this about women's wrestling in big pro, uh, um, uh, promotions like All Japan, New Japan, and Pro Wrestling Noah. They have started this project called Evolution Girls, which is women wrestling in All Japan Pro Wrestling. These are homegrown girls in a system. This was being produced by Suwama and Shiju, uh, Shuji Ishikawa. They just announced recently um, their first show that will take place on March 31st at Shinkiba First Ring. I'm so happy for this. And they announced three girls that will participate in that. And that is, uh, their names are Sunny, Zones, and Chi-Chi. So I don't know much about them, but I've seen photos of these girls in training. They're learning and all this. It seems like they're ready. But however, this particular event that will debut them, now it's got interesting. They just announced their first opponents. So Sunny will be in a match against... Miyuki Takase. Hmm. That is going to be awesome. Then Zones has a match against Rina Yamashita. Hmm. Interesting too. And finally, Chichi will be taking on the big girl, you. I would say this is going to be great. Now, are there any more girls involved in this? I, I'm sure there are, but it seems like they're focusing on these three for some odd reason. But I just don't know much about what they're planning to do until we get there. But I'm so excited for them, and I'm excited what All Japan are planning to do. They have their own brand of women's in wrestling, and I think that's pretty awesome. Something that I think because we saw New Japan have already thought about, and I wouldn't be surprised if All Japan thought the same thing too. But uh, NOAA has allowing women's in their organization, and now we're, I don't know if Dragon Gate would do it. DDT has done it a few times, but only they hired freelancers. The only person, only female in DDT that's ever appeared is Saki Akai, who is not afraid to throw down with the men. But that's pretty much it. Um, I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Uh, there's a lot of content here. Hopefully next week will be better. I'm going to see if I can do this again during the day because it's much easier so I can get all of this out of the way and you guys can to enjoy the rest of your day. So... I'll see you guys on the next DWZ time. Same DWZ episode. So, I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang! <laughs>